The following audio is from First Baptist Pelham in Pelham, Alabama. More information about First Baptist Pelham is available at fbcpelham.org. What a time of worshiping together. This has been amazing. I just love worshiping with God's people. I've been traveling, Laurie and I have been traveling in ministry missions for 12, 13 years. And it is fun wherever we are in this world worshiping with God's people. Many of you have been on mission trips around the world. And sometimes you don't know the language you don't know the song. Now, in South America, sometimes we've got songs that have been translated into Spanish. So I know the tune. I go, oh, yeah, I know that one. But then when I'm in Africa or I'm in the Middle East, we're singing in Arabic. I don't know. But the people of God are praising God. And it is amazing. So thank you for that time of worship. For the body of Christ coming together as one voice, worshiping the Lord God Almighty. That was amazing. Uh, It's been fun over the years traveling with First Baptist Pelham as we go on mission trips. And uh, 13 years, I sort of, you know, Baptists, we count things, you know. Uh, Lori and I have been traveling for about 12, 13 years on missions. We've taken about 50 teams been in about 12 countries. We've seen our teams, we've seen over 11,000 decisions for Christ. I never dreamed of that before I went into missions. Planted over 150 churches. Many of the places we go, we can't share our faith openly, but we open doors so that our translator can have a private conversation later with this person. And and cell groups are started, Bible studies are started at homes. It's just, it's fun to watch God work. And I think the most amazing thing is that he's worked in me. Uh, That's been amazing uh, just to watch. And one thing I've found as I travel around the world is I don't know what I don't know. Would you say that's fair? You you don't know what you don't know. And and what's amazing, you know... When you let the water out of the tub, you know how it goes in a circle? I found out if you go below the equator, it goes the other direction. <laughs> we were, I was, in fact, I was in Ecuador on the equator with First Baptist Church Pelham. And we're there, and they've actually got a line on the ground. It's pretty cool. Um, there was a line that they put in the 1700s and they only missed it by about 200 yards. I thought that was pretty good for the 1700s, but we're there, they've got a tub on a stand with a drain in the middle, five-gallon bucket underneath, and they put water in it. Well, they go to the north side, about three feet, and they pull the plug and they got a leaf in there and you watch that leaf turn. And then they take that thing and they go over here to the south side and it turns the other way. And then they go back and they set it in the middle, right on the line. And I'm like, okay, we're going to watch this. And they pull the plug and the leaf never turns. It just goes right down. Isn't that amazing? You never know what you don't know. I, I'm, 
I keep learning more and more things as I do this mission thing. Uh, my wife, Laurie, is here. She's a pediatrician. We got started in medical missions in 2001, going to Venezuela. And I went, I worked on the I-team. I learned about I-team. And God ripped my heart out, rearranged it, and put it back. And I got the missions bug. And it's just been an amazing journey to watch. And then to watch the transformation. If, if you've been on these trips, you know the transformation. And then you go more and more and more. And you get to watch the transformation in others. My first time I take Sam to Peru. I'm so kind when I take people for the first time to Peru. We get in the little taxi and I go, oh, Brother Sam, you sit up front. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you've ever been there, traffic laws are mere suggestions. Traffic lights are maybe. Stop signs, forget that. If there's three lanes, we'll make it six. And we're doing this at 800 miles an hour. <laughs> Brother Sam is holding on to everything he can. I'm sitting in the back going, <laughs> oh yeah. But then I took to Africa. Well, okay, I'm going to preface this. I'm at a missions conference and I meet an IMB medical missionary. And he is teaching us what God has taught him. And that's to have a complete missions plan like Jesus gave his disciples. He said, when you go out, I want you to heal the sick, cast out demons, and tell the good news of the kingdom. So he said, okay, if you're doing medical missions, there's a medical missions conference, and you're not sharing Jesus, you're only doing part of the gospel. If you're going to share Jesus and you're not healing the sick, you're only doing part of the gospel. And I went, I got medical teams, we got that one covered, we're sharing Jesus. He says, what if you don't have a medical team? He said, where did the disciples go to medical school? They didn't go to medical school. He said, let's do it like they do it. So I'm like, okay. My next team, I take a medical team into Zambia, and they go home. I put them on the plane. I pick up a youth team. It's about half youth, half adults. And so we train our teams before they go out. But I get in there and I said, we're going to walk through some practical steps when you go out. Because in Zambia, you may encounter some people who are sick. And, when, and we talked about the passage. And we talked about praying for healing. Praying in the power of Jesus' name for healing. The Zambians are very familiar with this. So that wasn't a problem with them. But I want you to experience that. And when you're in a home and you share Christ, ask if there's anyone here we can pray for. And so, this young lady, she's going to a hut, and she's there with pastor and a couple church members, pastors translating for her, and she shares her testimony, and shares Jesus, comes to find out the lady of the house knows Jesus as personal Savior. So they ask, is there anyone here we can pray for? Well, the lady's brother has been bedridden for an entire year in the house. So they go in, and the, uh, the standard operating procedure is just to surround the person sick, lay hands, and pray for them. And in, in Africa, you pray individually around the circle, and you all pray aloud together. This 16-year-old girl is looking at this person. There's open sores all over this person's body. 
and she's looking for a place to touch. You can imagine. And she found a place right back here on the neck shoulder that she felt like didn't have an open sore that she could touch. And they go around the circle and they're praying one by one. And when they start praying aloud together, she's got her eyes closed, she's touching him. He sits up. He stands up. Her eyes are open now, probably about that big. And he is speaking in native tongue and he's getting up and he's walking out of the hut. Oh yeah. He walks out. She's falling. She's going, Pastor, what's he saying? What's he saying? What's he saying? And she goes, he is out there kneeling in the dirt, praising God. And there is not a sore on his body anywhere. Needless to say, that night at team meeting, this young lady, it was hard to get one or two words out of her mouth. I think she was shell-shocked. She had seen God work in a mighty way. And so uh, through time, and her mom was there, and friends were there, and they sat down and just basically let her decompress all that she had experienced in God. Well, there's another young man on that same trip and we talked about casting out demons and, and letting the nationals handle that. Let our, let our pastors and church leaders in the community handle that. And so he, he was sort of prepared along those lines. Now, he has shared his testimony. The pastor and the church members have shared the gospel presentation. These people have prayed to receive Christ. And the pastor looks at the young man and says, I need you to go sit outside the hut and pray. And he, he goes, well, what should I be praying for? He goes, well, we're going to cast out some demons and they're going to be looking for a place to go. He said he's never prayed so hard in his entire life. <laughs> so you don't know what you don't know. It, it's amazing. We look through the Bible and we look at what is God doing? What is God doing? Because the Bible is a God book, not a me book. It's not about me. It's not about for me to come in there and, and, and look for me in that book. It's about God and what God is doing around his world and in this, in this world to reclaim us and so for all of us to worship him. So what's our purpose? You've expressed this so wonderfully today as a church. Our purpose is to worship a holy God. And so how is God bringing more worshipers to him? If, if we look in, in Genesis, you know the story of Abraham. We're not... Uh, going to cover anything that you don't already know, the, the story of Abraham and when he's called by God to leave his home, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country and your people and your father's household and go to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So here is God blessing Abraham to bless the world to know about God. Well, let's just go over to Daniel. Y'all know the story of Daniel. He's gone into captivity. He's uh, gone through that process. He's, he's risen to a, a, a level of authority and he gets sabotaged by his cohorts and gets thrown into the lion's den. And then when he's brought out, what does King Darius do? 
in Daniel 6, 25 and 26, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. So here is God blessing Daniel to bless the nations so that they will know God. So that all peoples will worship him. The Israelites in Exodus, you know, they are, they are down in Egypt and in uh, Exodus 9, 14, for this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. So God is reaching out to rescue the children of Israel so that the world will know there is a God and that all the peoples will worship him. In uh, 1 Kings, so according to, uh, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. All of this that God is doing for the Israelites is so that the world will know there is a God and they will worship him. In Psalms 96, 2 and 3, sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. So God is blessing the children of Israel so that the world will know him. Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. God sent Jesus. Why did he send Jesus? So that people would know there is a God. The nations would know there is a God and they would worship him. Matthew 28, you know the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Guess what, church? Tag, you're it. It is your time. We have been commissioned, we've been called, we've been purposed with telling the message of Jesus Christ. Why? So that all the world will know and worship Him. So what is our purpose, church? Our purpose, put your hands together like this. Our purpose, church, is to worship a holy God. You've done that beautifully today. Our purpose, worship a holy God. But how can they worship if they do not know? How can they know if they do not hear? How can they hear if we do not tell? How can we tell if we don't go? And how can we go if we don't give? In Romans, 
chapter 10, 14 and 15, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I have had so much fun this weekend doing the Global Focus uh, Conference. You know, we, you are a missional church. I know that. I've been working with this church for years. Many friends here that we've traveled around the world telling the message of Jesus Christ. But one thing about the Global Focus Conference is we work with the church. It's almost like an infection. We want everyone to catch this infection so that the body of Christ, the bride of Christ is one and that bride of Christ is in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What does Acts 1-8 say? For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When does the Holy Spirit come upon you? When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you already have the Holy Spirit. And what are you going to do? You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. It didn't say or, it says and. Look it up. And Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I had one pastor, he says, uh, you know, it's really good for a church to be doing mission work in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, in their, around their community, in their, their state, in the nation, and around the world. But he, he got real personal. You know when preachers do that? Uh-huh. They get real personal like I'm doing now. What are you doing in your Jerusalem? What are you doing in your Judea? What are you doing in Samaria? And what are you doing in the ends of the earth? And yes, you can. When I talk to people about going now, many of you know Jack Roberts. He's a good, close friend of mine. And my favorite thing is when somebody says to Jack, you know, God has not called me to go there. And usually within 24 to 48 hours, what does Jack do? He calls them on the phone. And when they say hello, he goes, hey, this is God. I'm calling you to go on this mission trip. As far as I'm concerned, my calling is in Matthew 28. I'm called. You're called. We're all called. How are we going to get there? There's, uh, I have a great aunt. She's uh, 101. And in our 13 years, she has not been able to travel with us anywhere. You probably can figure that one out, 101 years old. So as a 90, 89, 90-year-old, 90 she hasn't been able to travel overseas. But what does she do? She's a quilter. And she makes baby blankets, baby quilts for us. She can't see her work anymore. She's doing it by memory, by feel. But she still makes baby blankets she is having an impact in the ends of the earth through baby blankets. It has opened doors for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So can you be involved in the ends of the earth? Absolutely. Our, we have a senior adult Sunday school class that takes um, picnic tablecloths that have a soft side and a vinyl side, and they cut them out and make eyeglass holders and sew them. And they pack really tight. I mean, you can put a hundred of them in a, 
and around, with a rubber band around them about that size. And when the eyeglass teams go in, they not only give them a pair of glasses, but they pull out a, an eyeglass holder that the senior adult ladies have put together. There's another lady who, who she can't walk. Her knees are so bad she can't walk. She put a group together and they, they do um, care packages and, and they go around the U.S. and it's just, you know, for folks who have been displaced, a storm, emergency, house burned, or whatever, but it's just a, an emergency kit. And inside of it, she puts a track. It's amazing to see when God's people get, when you, you get DNA in your system that is missional, and in church, when you cut a church and it bleeds missions, and they worship like you worship the God, the King of the universe, it is amazing. It is amazing to see how God starts using that congregation to reach more and more and more of his people. Why? So that all the world will worship him. So I'm going to ask you, where are you going to go? Where are you going to put yourself into this? Are you going to... And, and I think the thing that Lori and I did back in 2001... 2002, we simply told the Lord, I am available. So today, are you willing to tell God, I am available? See that young lady in Africa praying over the man with the swords had said she was available. The young man who sat outside and prayed while they cast out demons, he had said, Lord, I am available. Daniel in the lion's den was definitely available to God. So what are you going to do? What are you going to tell God today? Are you going to be available? Are you going to join with the body of Christ here at First Baptist Pelham to make missions your DNA. Now, if I could paint a picture of this, and all of you are familiar, you've got children's program, you've got choir program, you've got senior adult program, you've got men's ministry, you've got women's ministry, you've got all these ministries, and you have a missions program. What I'm going to ask you to do over the next year is the church becomes missional, and the missions committee is equipping the church to be missions. The choir is missional. The children's ministry is missional. The men's ministry is missional. The women's ministry is missional. The Sunday school is missional. And many of you are doing this. Your Sunday school is missional. But what I'm going to ask is let's, let's infect the entire congregation with a passion for the lost. Brother Mike had a passion for the lost. I enjoyed traveling with Brother Mike to Peru. Had a lot of fun with him. He's had a lot of fun with me. Most of y'all know the story. But then Dr. Carter, your interim pastor, has a passion for the lost. Dr. Carter's been my pastor for years. And it's amazing to watch his heart for the lost. And he, he was a pastor who modeled missions, who went overseas, who went to... Russia and preached the good news of Jesus Christ to the Russians when that was barely opening up. 
And so you've been modeled that, I've been modeled that, but what are we going to do with it? I want to ask everyone to bow your heads, close your eyes. Total quiet in the room. No one moving around. Right now, there's no one else here but you and Jesus. It's just you and Jesus sitting there. What are you going to tell him? And what is he telling you? Are you open to telling Jesus, I am available? Jesus, I only have a few years on this earth. Experts tell us that average lifespan 74 to 78 years. You figure out how many more you've got if you live average. But you're going to have 10,000 plus with Jesus in heaven. What does he want you to do in your short time here? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to join Jesus in his work here? Father God, we worship you. We praise your name. Father, we come before you and we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice for you. Father, we pour ourselves out on the altar and we take Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit and the power that you have given us through your Holy Spirit. And Father, we commit that to this church, this body of believers. We commit that to join together as we worship you as one voice, one heart, one mind, worshiping a holy God. We join together as a missional church to reach the world with the message of Jesus Christ. Father, you are alone, are God. If you've made a commitment today to ramp up your commitment to Jesus Christ, to be a person on mission, to be a part of a missional church, would you just raise your hand up? Thank you. Praise you. God bless you. Thank you. Father, you have much in store for this congregation, for this body, this bride of Christ. Father, may they shine, may they glow, may they reflect your glory in winning the world for Christ. Use them in a powerful way, Father, with a huge witness and a huge testimony of your love and your care. 
And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. We're going to have an invitation now. And if you need to make a commitment to Jesus or you want to join this congregation, you want to be a part of this body of believers, I want you to feel free to come on down. Take the hand of one of the men here at the front. Tell them what Jesus is putting on your heart. If you just need to come down and for accountability purposes, tell one of these men that that I am committing myself to be a part of a missional church and to be a team player. Make that commitment today. If you just need to come down and pray, come down at the altar and pray it is open for you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about First Baptist Pelham and other free resources like this one, log on to fbcpelham.org.